our series in uh, Revelation. We're now on Revelation chapter 19 next week. We only have a few more chapters left. And uh, continue to just invite anybody who would like to be a part of that. Uh, also, board, I just want to let you know that our board meeting is going to be pushed back one more week just because of how how early these these weeks have come as far as the the third being the or the second being the first Tuesday we're going to push our board meeting to the fourth Tuesday so that'll wind up being the 23rd okay so just uh just a heads up on that for you well are you happy to be a in the house of the Lord today, I love the Word of God that says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Now that's just a fancy way of saying, I was glad when they said, let's go to church. Amen. We've been looking at the invisible kingdom, and today I want us to uh, continue that teaching and I'm titling this today, Kingdom Keys, How the Invisible Kingdom Works. And I know some of you, have, you've, you're aware of this message. It's been many years, though, since I preached this series. And I felt this is a day and hour that we need to be reminded of this. That when Jesus came to this earth, <clears throat> he did not, not let this earth affect him. He affected it. He still affects it through each one of us if we will allow Him to work through us. But I think a lot of times we don't have a knowledge of how Jesus actually did what He did. And again, I, I want to remind us that although Jesus was the perfect Son of God, He chose not to live on the earth that way. The way Jesus chose to live on the earth was as a man as a human being just like you and me. He never ceased being God, but Philippians 2 said he chose to empty himself of his rights to operate on earth as God. The things we see that Jesus did, he did as a man, empowered by the same Holy Spirit that empowers us, and the works that he did, he said, you can do. And the reason you can do them, he said, was because I go to the Father. And he said, if I don't go to the Father, I can't send, the, the Holy Spirit can't come. But once I send the Holy Spirit, he is going to be in you and flow through you, just like he did me. Now, again, this is one of those things, it's, it's, it's kind of like the Trinity. It's hard to understand. It's like eternity. It's hard to understand. You begin to try to think about eternity, and I don't know about you, but I've done that many times in my brain, and I feel like my, my brain's going to explode because my mind is looking for an end. My mind is looking for a beginning, and I can't get there. That's because we're finite. But God is infinite. And the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, he said, dwells in you. The same power that created the world dwells in you. 
So I want to welcome all of you here today. I'm glad that you're joining us also online. Thank you for being with us today. And uh, today, in order to understand how God's kingdom works and holds sway over the visible world, we've got to understand, first of all, two things. And this is not on your outline, but it's something that we've got to understand before we go forward. Number one... Everybody listen to this like you have four ears on your head, because I think some of us need to be reminded of this. There is absolute abundance in God's kingdom. God's not just scraping by. just thought I'd tell you that. God lacks for nothing. Somebody say nothing. He says in his word, all the gold, that's mine. All the silver is mine. All the cattle belong to him. His kingdom is a sphere of total possibility. Jesus fed 5,000 men, let alone children and women, with five loaves and two fish. And he had leftovers. That's the way God is. He just, there's always more than enough. And secondly, not only is there absolute abundance in the kingdom, but secondly, it is possible to have total favor with the ruler of total abundance. The Bible says this in the book of Daniel, chapter 1 and verse 9, that God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the commander of the officials. He said, I can't desecrate my body or violate my body with the food that the king is offering. Let us have vegetables to eat. And the commander was a little bit afraid because he's like, I don't want to lose my head because you guys look worse than than all the other guys that are here. And he's like, no, let it be on me. He said, but let this be our portion. And the Bible says that actually Daniel... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which they were renamed, looked better than the men who were given the king's portion. Yet, he had favor with the person who was actually an enemy. He ultimately had favor with King Nebuchadnezzar like nobody else. He was second in command. Next to the king, Daniel was promoted. And so I want you to know, because he had favor with God, God let him have favor with man. The Bible says that Jesus, when he grew, he grew in favor, in stature, and in favor with God and man. The same can be found of us today. So Jesus is our perfect example, and the Bible says he, he, he kept increasing. How many of you want to increase in wisdom? And he increased in stature, and he, he, he increased in favor with God and man. And I want to increase in favor with God. I want to increase in favor with man. I want you to increase in favor with God and man. And so when God blesses you and when God keeps you, like the ironic blessing, may the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you. When God does that, then before men, you're going to appear in a light that far transcends any of your natural abilities. Amen? He can cause your plans to succeed. God can cause people to like you. God can cause you to be the one chosen above someone else in a promotion. 
God can cause you to be elevated in the eyes of men. He will raise people up. He will bring others down. He can protect your children. Can you say amen? He can guard your property. Can you say amen? And there are keys that Jesus used that he gave us, and there's nine of them. We're going to deal with three of them today. And these are, everybody say this out loud, these keys are not earthly. They are heavenly. We're talking about the invisible kingdom and bringing it to the visible world. So the first key I want you to write down, it's found in the book of Luke, so go ahead and slip over there in Luke chapter 6. I'll also have these verses on the screen. We're going to look at verses 31 through 38. But this fill-in-the-blank for you today here, the first key is called the key of reciprocity. And I know you're going to ask me how to spell that. It's spelled R-E-C-I-P-R-O-C-I-T-Y. R-E-C-I-P-R-O-C-I-T-Y. Now, reciprocity is just a $5 word that means basically... If you do this, then I'll do this. Or if you do this, this will happen. Jesus revealed this key to us here in Luke chapter 6, and it will change our world. Look at this, and particularly verses 31 through 38. This is a part of Jesus' first sermon. Notice this. He says, Treat others the same way you want them to treat you. Now, we know that as the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. The next verse, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Because sinners love those who love them. But if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. So he's making a point here. If you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners in order to receive back the same amount. Now here's the key. But love your enemies. Wait, wait, wait. Lord, what? Love my enemies? I'm supposed to love Rome back in his day? I'm supposed to love Samaria? Love your enemies. And do good and lend expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High or daughters. For he himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. And do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Pardon, and you will be pardoned. Do you see this? If you do this, this will happen. Reciprocals, reciprocity. And now notice this. This is where I really want you to catch it. Give, and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, but God's going to get a hold of it If you'll do what he said to do, it will come back 
to you through men, but God's going to do this with it. And I always think of brown sugar in a cup. I I put up a a cup of brown sugar, and I remember my mom doing this. I remember uh, this is what every good baker does. You take and you press that down, and guess what? You can put more sugar in there. Well, that's the way God does. Your measure is going to be what you give is going to be less than what you get. Whether it's love, whether it's smiles, whether it's kindness, whether it's finances, whatever, it's going to be poured into your lap, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, kind of like flour. All right? We've got a baker's thought process going on here. And running over. More than enough. Everybody say that means more than enough. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. So he said this, give and it will be given to you. Eight words. Give and it will be given to you. Those eight words form a spiritual principle. Do you see it? And it, and it touches every relationship, every condition of man whether it's spiritual or whether it's physical. Jesus expanded this principle to include various portions of our lives. In other words, the key of reciprocity, this number one key, affects not only our giving, but also the way people treat us. I had an Amazon return that I had to send back, and uh, it was cheaper if I found an Amazon locker to take my return to. Otherwise, if I took it to UPS, they were going to charge me. So I was like, well, I'll use that Amazon locker. And I did this twice. And both times I've done it, uh, the refund doesn't come quick. And I needed the refund. And uh, so both times I had to call customer service after two weeks um, so I'm not going to use the Amazon locker again. Anyway, just that's the lesson I've learned. But uh, I'll just pay UPS or whatever. But, but what happened is, is I had to call them in order to get my refund. Now, these folks must deal with a lot of mean people. Because both of them, in fact, I just got a text yesterday from the last guy I talked to. And he said on a personal level, he said, I just want to thank you so much for not being upset. I deal with so many mean people. And he said, you've just, you made my day. Well, I had called him in the morning, so I'm glad I made his day that it wasn't, you know, sometime in the evening time. And, uh, but I was on the phone with him for a while and he was, you know, he was almost apologizing for taking two minutes, you know, one time to, to get back to the phone. But, uh, I was kind to him, I was nice to him, and he said, you know what, I see that it's come in, but they have not scanned the tag. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and take care of it for you right now. And he took care of it right then, and I got my, you know, email saying that it's, you know, credited and it's back, it's going to be back on my card and all that stuff. So, but I'm just saying that as an example, that uh, especially today, in our world today, I mean, you have to go very far. You don't have to leave your neighborhood until you know. I mean, people, they are just on edge. They're, uh, um, 
people just seem to be upset today. Amen. Do you, do you, do you guys get what? It doesn't seem where it doesn't seem to matter where you go. And so let's put that back up that that verse back up. Verse thirty eight. This is the key verse. If you remember nothing that I say today, remember what Jesus said in this sermon on the mount. Given it will be given back unto you. In good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured out to you. Because your standard of measure, it's going to be measured back to you in return. So if, if you have mean people in your life that treat you mean, sometimes we need to look at our own life and say, you know, am I sowing that? Or have I sown that? And you're like, no, I, I just sow goodness and peace all the time, Pastor. I'm a good, I'm a good guy. I'm a good girl, right? But the world, how many of you know the world doesn't think like this? The, the visible world we live in says, hate your enemies. Kingdom of God says, love them. The world says, hit back. The kingdom says, do good to those who mistreat you. The world says, hold on to your life at any cost. The kingdom of God says, lose your life and you'll find it. The world says, push yourself to the top. The invisible world says, serve if you want to lead. I was having a conversation with my grandkids the other day, and uh, one of them is a pretty strong personality. He's a kind of a natural-born leader. And he he was just sitting around the uh, dinner table saying, I just like to be in charge. I like to tell people what to do, and I like to just be in charge. And I said, well, you are most likely a natural-born leader. But let me give you a little bit of insight. One day you may be in charge. Right now you're not. Because there are those that are in authority over you. And I said, in order to be a good leader, which I believe you will be one day, you first have to be a good follower. And if you fail the test in being a good follower, you'll never be a good leader. But if you learn that lesson and you become a really good follower, you will be a good leader. And that's a kingdom principle. Jesus learned obedience through the things he suffered. He was in submission to earthly parents. Amen? The world says, you're number one. What does the kingdom of God say? The first will be and the last will be first. It means you don't have to push yourself to the front line all the time. God will make sure you get there. Amen? So this is vital for us today. What, what good news this is for those uh, bound by debt. They quite bluntly need money. What is good news to a poor man? You don't have to be poor anymore. You see, they say, well, what do I do? I'm using all I have to, to pay my debts, and still my debts aren't paid. It seems like I've been in debt forever. We're just going to use a financial phrase here. This is the key you need, reciprocity. And not just financially, start doing it in every part of your life. People hit you, don't hit them back. People hate you, don't hate them back. People hurt you, don't hurt them back. You see, we kind of have the, the 3-H ministry going on in the world today called hit them, hate them, and hurt them. 
You know, they hit me, I'm going to hit them back. They hurt me, I'm going to hurt them back. They hate me, I'm going to hate them back. But how many of you know that's not causing anybody to get help? It's hurting. And so Jesus said, give, it'll be given back unto you. We're immediately reminded of his words in five verses before. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then what? All these things will be added to you. That's reciprocity as well. That's a reciprocal. If we'll seek first his kingdom, he'll make sure we have everything in our kingdom. You see, the Bible says that God so loved the world that he... He gave his only begotten son. You see, God had none, zero people. I mean, he just had to keep pushing the sins ahead until his son came and lived the perfect life, died on the cross for our sins, and then all of a sudden, because one died, millions and billions are now added to the kingdom. See, this isn't complicated. You... God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, so now what do we have to do? Give ourselves. We have to give our time, give our talent, give our treasure. This is not complicated. Amen? If, 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 you, were, if you want a higher salary in your job, I want to give you a clue. You have to give more yourself. You have to go beyond expectations. You have to be seen in their eyes as a very dependable. This is a person I can put in charge of all. That's what Joseph did. He got put in charge of all of Pharaoh's activities. Prior to that, he got put in charge of all of Potiphar's house. After that and before he went to Pharaoh, he was in charge in jail. He's in jail wrongly, and yet as he's in jail, God elevates him to where even the jailer trusts him with everything. You see, God lost man in the garden when Adam and Eve fell. So what does he do? Go in a corner and cry? Well, I lost, you know. No, the Bible says he loved us so much because he loved us. He gave his only son. And why did he do it? so he could receive us back. And that principle works in the church too. People who moan and complain that they're not receiving anything from the church, mark my words, they're not given anything. I'm not talking finance. You know, I was reminded, now this is financial, a little, uh, kind of a little joke. But this little boy with, was with his dad, and I've told this before, some of you probably know it. Uh, he was with his dad in church one day, and, and uh, the offering came by, and the little boy saw what his, his dad gave. And, and then when they got in the car, he started, the dad started complaining about everything. He said, I didn't like the worship. Uh, the songs were too loud. And the preacher, he, he stumbled over his words, and, you know, people didn't really talk to me much. They didn't greet me much. And it just, I didn't enjoy it. And the boy said, well, Dad, when you gave in the offering, I saw what you gave. He said, what do you expect for a quarter? Now, we don't give money in order to get a good message. That's not what I'm saying. But the principle is there. Amen? You see, God, God wants us to give our time. You say, well, Pastor, how can I give my time? Pray for our service. 
if the service isn't what you want or it doesn't, it feels like there, oh, there's something lacking. Maybe it's lacking the prayers that it needs for the anointing. Because you see, the anointing's got to work in two places, not just here, but also out there. Amen? See, the devil is a master of distraction. And when we come to church, that is exactly when the devil tries to get us thinking about all these other things going on in our life. And instead of hearing the Word of God, sometimes we'll hear all of our issues going on inside of our brain. Can I get an amen? Now, I know this kind of sounds crazy, but I'm as certain as this as anything I am in my life. If we are in spiritual trouble, uh, family trouble, friend trouble, financial trouble, whatever trouble it is, the very thing we need is the very thing we need to give. I could, I could just quote J.C. Penney and uh, Wards and all of these early department stores, uh, Laterno. Uh, these were men, Heinz, uh, Guinness, Rockefeller. Rockefeller said, I'd have never tithed on my first million had I not learned to tithe on my first dime. Laterno, these big, big mining machines and the tires that are bigger than, you know, 20, what is it, 20 feet? Dan, Dan, I don't know. How big can tires be? 14 feet. I mean, these are, Laterno made those motors. He made those, those machines. Laterno literally got to the point where he was, he was like almost bankrupt. And the Lord said, the reason why is you are stealing from me. And he said, but Lord, I don't have the money to tithe. He said, you don't have, you're not going to have the money not to tithe. He said, you need to start stepping out. And he stepped out, and he began to tithe. And church, I want to tell you this. Before it was all done, the 90-10 principle, sowing the 10 and living on the 90, he flipped it. He was given 90% and living on 10. I'm just, talk, I'm just telling you, if we will do it, but it wasn't, it wasn't because it was easy. It wasn't because he had an abundance. He had to give out of his need. Amen? That's the key of reciprocity. Number two is the key called use. Everybody look at this at Matthew 25, verse 14. And you know what? If we only get done with two of these today, I'm okay. Because there's nine of them. So I don't want you guys, you know, looking at the clock going, oh my goodness, it's like five, five till and pastor's only done with one, one point. It's okay, we got time. May not get her all done today, but we'll get her done. I was raised in Kansas and Oklahoma, and sometimes it comes out. Uh, we will get it done. My, I can hear the snickers of my two females right up here. They, uh, and I'll guarantee it, I would have heard about it going, actually, I, when I got home, get her done, Dad, is that how? <laughs> Ain't, you don't use that word. We're just, we're just letting the whole world know all of the little details here. You know what, though? Nobody misunderstood what I had to say, right? There to get her done. The second key is the key of use. Use. Look at Matthew 25, 
beginning with verse 14. Now, you know this as a parable, but Jesus says this, for it's just, he's talking about the kingdom of God. He's talking about the kingdom of heaven. And this is the way he explains it in this parable. He said, it's just like a man about to go on a journey who called his own slaves or servants and entrusted his possessions to them. You see this? He's given his possessions to those who work for him. Now, notice this. To one, he gave five talents. Everybody say five. To another, he gave two. And to another, one. Each one, now notice this, not according to how much he liked them, but according to that person's ability. You see, sometimes we get uh, jealous of somebody that has something else that we don't have because we don't have it. But you know what? Probably not in the same place they are. That's what he said. He gave it according to their ability, and then he went on his journey. Immediately, the one who had received the five talents, now notice how fast. It was immediately. He took those five talents, and he went, and he traded with them, and he gained five more talents. The same manner, the two, in the same manner, the, the one who had received the two talents, he also gained two more talents. But he who received the one talent went away, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. This kind of typical of the, well, it's under my mattress. I know it's there for a rainy day. Nobody's going to get it. But here's the problem. After a long time, the master of those slaves came, settled accounts with them. The one who had received the five talents came up, brought five more talents, saying, Master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I've gained five more talents. Here's ten. His master said to him, listen to the words, Well done, good and faithful slave or servant. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Also, the one who had received the two talents came up, and he said, Master, you entrusted two talents to me. See, I've gained two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. It made his master joyful. The one also who had received the one talent came up, and he said, Master, I knew you were a hard man. You reap where you do not sow, and you gather where you scatter no seed. And I was afraid. Well, there's key number one. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, so he's not being led by the Lord. And I was afraid, and I went away, and I hid your talent in the ground. That's exactly what Adam and Eve do in the garden after they sin. They're afraid of God, and they're trying to hide from him. But I guess, I guess you know by now you can't hide from God. And then he says, see, you have what's yours. And it's fixing to get tough. His master said to him, you wicked, lazy slave. You know that I reap where I don't sow and gather where I scatter no seed? Then you ought to have put my money in the bank, and on my arrival, I would have at least received my money back with interest. Now, here's where it gets crazy. And I remember when I was little and I would read this, I'm just like, that's not fair. Take away the talent from him that has one and give it to the one who has ten. 
Now, here's what I would think as a kid. Well, see, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Why is that? Sometimes it's because of a principle. I have read stories of people who have come out of poverty, but they're givers. They give the shirt off their back. And that's part of their success. Here's what it says. Jesus is saying this. To everyone who has, you've been given, more will be given. And he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, even what he does have shall be taken away. And I thought, man, that's unfair. But this is the, this is the principle here. Servant number one receives five. Servant number two receives two. Servant number one receives, or servant number three receives one. Digs a hole, puts it in it, covers it up, and he's governed by fear. The other two, the Bible says, the other two are welcomed and encouraged and complimented. And this man, the the master says he's wicked, he's lazy, and he's sinful because he refused to take what he was given and use it. What are the words that the Lord is going to say to you, to us, when we make heaven? Well done. Good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master, into the kingdom. Verse 29 is the startling point of this parable. And it's a huge statement because it goes against what most people think. Keep what you have and you won't lose it. That's what this guy's mentality was. I remember, I follow a guy uh, who went to Bible college. He became a pastor, but he always had a passion for investing. He literally took his dad's $30,000 that his dad had left when he was done working and in retirement. He had learned so well of how to invest, he took that $30,000 and made it over $100,000 in no time. I follow this man in the stock market, and you know what? He doesn't go nuts like so many stock market people do. He buys at the right time. He sells at the right time. It's like he's got a connection with God. I remember there was a, there was a stock, some, it was, I think back last year, he recommended to get, uh, it was called First Solar. And at the price that it was, I went ahead and purchased. And then it, it started to tank. And you're thinking, oh my goodness, I need to get rid of it. Listen to the voice. He was like, now what you need to do is you need to buy more, average down. So if you bought it at 90 and it's now at 60, you're going to be at an average of, what, 75? It sold the other day for over 112 uh, share. 
And I think my average was about 60 by that time. But for a long time in the years, it was just like, oh, my goodness, what should we do? Listen. Wisdom. And then he said, sell it. Sold it the other day, and it, I think it made 75%. Time was all done. Something like, or 30, 30 some, 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 33, 45, something like that percent. It was, it was huge. But here's the thing. If, if you don't take what you have and use it, that, that could have, the, the amount that you have for that, if you just keep on to it, that's all you'll have 10, 10 years in the future. But if you invest, if you sow, that's just an example. I'm not just talking finances, but I'm saying this, even if you will sow into people's lives that they're mean to you, don't be mean back. Be nice to them. You know what? You'll reap it. And here's what's going to happen. Ultimately, you may never hear it. You may never hear it from them. You may never experience it from them. But I will guarantee you down deep inside their heart, they're looking at you and they're going, wow, they're treating me nice. How are they doing this? And I'm being mean to them. How many of you know people know they're being mean? They know when they're being mean. But if it's tit for tat, you're now being mean, and their meanness has affected your goodness, and now you're becoming mean like they're being, and ultimately we're a wicked, lazy slave because we're not sowing what we have, the love of God, into their life that they need in order to help them get where they need to go. Do you get what I'm saying? Keep what you have, and you'll have it, not in the invisible kingdom. Let me give you another example. Our bodies. Our bodies give us a perfect example of this. Everybody still with me? Just one more example. Let's say, for example, uh, you want to learn to do push-ups. And we'll assume that you can do at least one. You can't do two, but you can do at least one. And so you take what you have even though it's small, and if you told everybody, I can do one push-up, they might laugh at you. But if you will keep putting that one push-up to work, you do one every day for a week, and before long, you're like, I can do two. And you do one, and you do two. And guess what? You doubled it. Then you keep doing that for a couple weeks, and you're like, man, this two is feeling so good, I'm going to do four. Now you've doubled it again. And then another couple weeks goes by, and now you're up to eight. And I mean, then you tell your testimony, hey, I'm doing eight push-ups a day. And people are going, good for you. But then you keep doing that, and you keep doing that, and you keep doing that. You're going to be doing 200 push-ups a day, and they're going to be going, how could I do that? Start with one. Amen? Amen? Do you see this principle? To everyone who has and uses what he has, more will be given. If we don't use it, we'll lose it. So, the key of reciprocity and the key of use is what I'm going to leave you with this week. If you'll put those two things into action, you can get the invisible kingdom working in the visible and do you see, it, it, it affects other people too. This is not just you and me. This is uh, God's in the equation, but so are other people. 
Because I want to tell you something. We're walking around in a world today, they don't even know what's going on. Uh, they may say in America that they're 73% Christians, but our, world, our America is not living that way. Our America is living about like they're 6%. But those 6%, if they rise up and start really truly living in the kingdom of God, they're going to begin to affect this kingdom of the visible, and you just keep doing it. You keep doing it. And there's a key, and we'll get to it later. It's called perseverance, and you're going to need it. We need perseverance in this world because sometimes you're just going to, you know what, forget it. Just, I'm not going to do this anymore. It's just too hard. Yeah, don't quit. We're not there yet, but... What two keys? Reciprocity and use. Let's stand to our feet today. Thank you for your attention. Does this open you up a little bit? This is like a, like you came in today with a keychain with nothing on it. But now you've got two keys on it. Kingdom keys. Powerful keys. Today, Lord, as we go forth into the world, I pray you'd help us use the key of reciprocity and the key of use. That we would, Lord, begin to live in that kingdom and let your kingdom affect this natural earthly kingdom through us. Lord, begin it today, I pray, and empower us to fulfill this. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the people said, amen. Love you guys. Have a great week.